From Alderaan. From Alderaan. To Zenla. To Zenla. To Zenla. And whatever's left of Krypton. We are broadcasting live from the largest ship. From the largest from ship. The largest ship in the galaxy. You are now listening to Sanctuary One Radio. Sanctuary One Radio. You are now listening to Sanctuary One Radio. Welcome back, uh, Sanctuary One Radio. We're jumping right in. Uh, we were talking about um, comic book movies and how they related to uh, award shows such as the Academy Awards. Um, but we wanted to tackle a little bit of a, a different side of things, um, which is uh, kind of like uh, the cross between uh, literary uh, items and uh, pieces uh, <laughs> coming over into, uh, into movies, uh, being, being adapted. For those of you on iTunes, <laughs> Props of Prophecy is taking off his coat. <laughs> which is what I, I'm just robing because I am sweaty. <laughs> which is which is dis- distracting me. Uh, <laughs> I think more so because I was giving you the eyes. Well, that too. The you eyes, all know what eyes I was giving him. The eyes always do it. Um, but yeah, the, we wanted- the the eyes of Amun Ra. Is that what you're saying? The letter I. Oh, okay. I was just so handing I, him I letters. Think, um, letter I. I think Damon, maybe you could put it better. Yeah, we were we were talking before the show around the idea that there's been a change in uh, we so we're talking about comic books in terms of their of their cultural significance, right? Uh, both from the award standpoint, from the theater standpoint, from the uh, moviegoer standpoint, from the change in culture with streaming and stuff like that. But I wanted to talk about this crossover from literary uh, literary pieces to film. Because we're see we're still living in a generation where there are books that are being adapted to film, right? Uh, and <laughs> that is still happening. That yes. is still happening, right? <laughs> We've gotten six million Sherlock Holmes movies to the point that Will Ferrell tried to make a Sherlock Holmes movie. Uh, you know, like it, it, people are constantly adapting from books, which is which is uh, it, it's been the case for a long time. The James idea Bond still exists, still exists. Know? Yeah, uh, that we are pulling this idea from something else. We are adapting this into a set piece. But recently, there's been a shift in attitude towards them. Uh, I I remember in the '90s, which might be an odd statement to make. <laughs> way back in way, the 90s. Way back in the 90s. In the distant era of, of the, the 1990s. 90s. Um, in my day. Um, think about the craze around Harry Potter. Right. Yeah. Yeah, this is a conversation we've had. Yeah, yeah think about the craze around the Hunger Games in, in the 2010s, right? Think about um, these films that are coming from really popular book series. And then the tone has kind of shifted slightly. Uh, there's been a uh, neutral to negative reaction to to something like Fantastic Beasts. Um, there was a uh, neutral to negative reaction to books like the Percy Jackson series. Yeah. Uh, which only got two movies and then was scrapped afterwards. Well, I mean, think about like the, the Narnia movies. The, the Narnia movies we got... Uh, how three. many? We got three total. Yeah, Prince. Uh, and they're originally supposed to be how many? Six. 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 Yeah. Uh, one for every scrapped. book. And the um, uh, Chronicles of Narnia. But they did the Lion, the Witch, Prince Caspian, and then the Voyage of the Dawn and Treader. The and Voyage then of the Dawn Treader. And no Although, one saw the Voyage of the Dawn Apparently, they're planning on continuing past that. I think they're doing. Are they? I heard. I, like, I, that I heard, shit is. Well, think of, think of that as well. Uh, think of His Dark Materials. Uh, that, yeah. that, that was a movie. Oh, my that God. I remember that. They're, they're now adapting it into a show because the, 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 the movie didn't catch on. What was that? The Golden to, Compass? Yeah. To, to, it didn't catch so on. Tell you what, man. Golden Compass was dope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Golden Compass. It's a terrible movie. But Golden Compass was dope. Yeah, and so uh, so James McAvoy is going to be in the TV show. Oh, that's dope! I didn't even know that. Yeah, there's a new uh, trailer. I'm out. thinking. Uh, remember, uh, I am number four. Yeah, is a number yeah. is another one that had like a book that people were like, <laughs> oh yeah. Eh, it's uh, okay. I watched that movie and I was well, like, like, oh. And, and, uh, even you could even go into your Twilights. Yeah, uh, Twilight was very popular. Fifty Shades of Grey. Well, like, I mean, I mean we're that's not talk different, about that. but it's very different. But but that's that's you know. So I want to I want to go into uh, book series adapted as films that took you by surprise. Uh, that positively you really enjoyed. Narnia. Sure, positively and negatively. Uh, the fourth one was directed by Joe Johnson, but it was announced in 2018 the new ad- new adaptations of the series would be made for Netflix. <laughs> for Chronicles so of Narnia. This is what, what Netflix is there doing. Yeah, yeah. Netflix. 
right? And I think, I think Netflix you, is like, we think, will absolutely uh, you, take Can you look Chronicles up and see where his Dark Materials is playing? Because I believe that's Netflix too. Stop it. Yeah. You, you had your phone out, so. No, that's fine. Well, I'm well, on it. Wasn't the books, they were based on like three items. It was the compass and it was like yeah, two other um, items. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Uh, BBC's. Oh, BBC. BBC sorry. is adapting BBC, that? Yes. Let's go. Uh, here's a trailer for BBC and HBO's new adaptation of oh, the Dark Materials. Yeah, HBO and BBC. Yeah. Is that Lin-Manuel? Yes. Stop it. Yeah. Uh, and James McAvoy. Oh, your boy is absolutely watching this shit. Let's I, I just go. blew some minds here. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, Let's not uh, get sidetracked. Um, yeah. Book series that really caught you by surprise in film format uh, as you were watching them that you were like, oh, wow. Like, I actually I, I really mean, I, I don't want to hype on it, too, uh, harp on it too much. But obviously, one of my go to's are the Lord of the Rings movies mm-hmm. because I have read them. I know Props has read them as well. And we've had these conversations where there were changes made to the narrative to support the movies. And those changes made sense in that narrative um, to, to make an enjoyable film. Absolutely. I mean, there's a few things that I didn't like that he changed yeah. for the most part, but it didn't like. I was sad that he didn't include the Dunedain. Yes. But I get why going into a whole new, like, hey, you remember all these other people we've met? There's this other people that we've also met <laughs> that are also important. And the men, and the men, uh, the, the, like the kind of primitive men. Yeah, uh, they didn't they go into that. Yeah. And then, so, yeah, they, they didn't really go into the Easterlings and the, yeah. like any of that stuff. I mean, they appeared, but I mean, yeah. like the Dunedain didn't even show up. They were just. But then, but then on, on the, on the other hand, you have kind of the, the direct opposite of that, which is. The Hobbit trilogy. When they just threw in everything that was in the supplemental like, material. Wait, there's appendices? What can we take? You know? Like Legolas being a part of the main storyline. Like, yeah. yes, he was doing stuff during that story, but he wasn't actively involved in any of the story mm-hmm. of the Hobbit. He exactly. was a he was a background character in the appendices doing stuff. So stuff happened. He but it was more like but he was, was just like, I'm Legolas doing my thing. It was not story adjacent. Related to the Hobbit at all. It was story adjacent, not story, primary story. And exactly. so they were like, but everyone loves Legolas. And he's the only character that makes sense other than maybe, well, no, Gimli's dad was in The Hobbit. Yeah. So, Gloin. Yeah. Gloin. So Gim, Gim, Gimli wouldn't be old enough to actually hang out during The Hobbit. So they were like, the only character that we can do in both movies is. Besides Gandalf, yeah. Yeah, is Legolas. And then at the end of it, they're like, oh, hey, we want you to go train um, Aragorn. Yeah. Because he's a lot older than anyone actually knows him. Because yeah. he lived with the elves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's one of the first men. Yep. Duna Dane. Um, but yeah, so those just went on like an off the rails. Uh, let's just see how much we can cram into the movies. So so it's kind of interesting because we have examples of both with one author and one movie producer. Yeah, um, in one movie universe. In one movie universe, you kind of have the ultra successful, you know, very well regarded uh, yeah. trilogy, and then the it, it made money, it made tons of money, but the yeah. the it was this, you know, it just wasn't the same. As if, <laughs> and I, I, I liken Sorry. it, I liken it as well to the to the um, Harry Potter movies and the Fantastic Beast movies. It's the same world, same author. You know? but completely different. I, I think it's also the the era in which the movies are made and the amount that we expect from movies. True. At that point, I think. Well, I and mean, I, to I think, I, I think Joe's w- point, the the original Harry Potter movies are pulling from source material, and the new Harry Potter movies are not. Yes. So, and I think, but but I think that's where the gap with the with the Hobbit trilogy went was we pulled too much. Oh, from non-source material? From non-source material. From non-main source material? Yeah. Possibly. Um, I mean, like um, I said, a lot of the stuff that they did happened, but they, similar to... But like a a um, love story between an elf and a a dwarf, I don't... Oddly enough, that didn't bother me. That dude was hot. Like, (laughs) I'm not not going to lie. I look at that guy, too. I look at that dwarf, too, and I'd be like, I totally get (laughs) why she's going after that. Oddly enough, the elf that didn't exist in the story was my one of my favorite characters in the movies. True. I mean, no, not that I was like Evangeline Lily killed it. Um, And and he was the best looking dwarf out of any of them. Like I said, you look at him and you're like, I don't care if you're short. Even his brother was like, borderline debatable. Yeah, you 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 know. But the other guy, he was he was a sexy short dude. He was like, oh, I'm gonna have to wear like like face stuff like all the other dwarfs. And like, no, dude, you're too handsome. Right? You're wrong. No, we're not gonna cover that up. Also, we need that elf to want to bang you. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, wow. (laughs) uh, You're gonna have to look smoldery. 
And he did. Oh my and god. And he did it. So we need you to look Black Manta. Oddly enough, <laughs> we need you to look Black Manta ish. Can you Black Manta this? Can you blame, Can you Black Manta this? Because if you, I'm going to go full Black Manta. Okay. <laughs> Every time he gets Small introduced, breath. he does the the heroic pose and the in the pivot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So, I but yeah, this. the the adaptation of like source material from Lord of the Rings on point. I really like the source material. Lord, but Harry Potter, I didn't have as much investment in the source material. And thus and, didn't really feel the yeah. differences in between it. And I also think it has to do with how the movies were made as well. Because if you if you look and even in, um, you know, even in the Harry Potter movies early on, you had digital effects to be sure. But there oh, were but also, it was much more practical. There was much more practical. And then you look at how successful it was, right? Then you look at like Lord of the Rings and there was so much... They did a lot of digital. Yes, Weta is well known for that, but they did so much practical stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you look at The Hobbit and The Hobbit trilogy and even Fantastic Beasts is CGI, CGI, CGI. And you can be successful and do CGI, but you have to speak to your audience. And it just doesn't look or feel the same when you've come from an area like, like the original Lord of the Rings or the original Harry Potter movies. Uh, where you've you've started out with practical effects and they've worked well and been successful, and you move full CGI, it just isn't as. Oh yeah! As soon as they enjoyable. did Azog the White Orc as CG, I was just like, Yeah, nope, I'm out. Yep. Yeah. Nope yeah. that that should be a really huge dude painted when, white. When, when I know you can make a dude look like an orc and have it be scarily realistic. Oh, the Orokai! Oh my God, Lurts! Yeah. I was like. In the original trilogy, I was like, "Yeah, that's pretty cool." Or even like even the the goblins, like or uh, the the uh, the goblins, the small ones from um, like when they're in the fight between the Uruks and the and the Orcs in uh, right right before Rohan comes in. Oh yeah, and, like that's the War Riders. Yeah, God, they're so good. Yeah, great. Yeah, I'm. I those I I agree. There, it's funny. That's probably one of my favorites and least favorite adaptations from media would be the original Lord of the Rings and then the Hobbit movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I feel do, like there's different things that feed into that, like like we said. So it's it's the pulling from non non original source material and changing, I guess, the the style of production. Um, it's. Some things too. So, like, if you take uh, Logan, was based off of Old Man Logan. Yeah. yeah. But that is massively different than the source material. But I liked it a ton. But like, I think I think another. But I, part of it is it didn't say it was Old Man Logan. Yes. It said it was Logan. Like, if it had said Old Man Logan on that title, and it didn't take place in a post-apocalyptic world, and he and he isn't paying rent to hillbilly inbred hulks, I would be a little bit disappointed. Yeah. Um, I'd probably be able to distance myself from that, but. Um, because I know it's in the, the movie universe and they've already established they're not going to follow the comic books too closely. Yeah, yeah. Is there, a, uh, is there a literary series translated to film that caught you by surprise or one that you uh, have, uh, you get a little bit of enjoyment out of? Deadpool. Deadpool thoroughly surprised me how well it was adapted. adapted. And I think that's because of the love... Ryan Reynolds has for the source material. Gotcha. Like he was so invested in, in adapting the source material as closely as possible. He was every other comic book movie I've seen. I was like, that is a really good interpretation of that character in film. Mm-hmm. Dr. Strange really surprised me when it came to like Benedict Cumberbatch playing Dr. Strange. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about that. Robert Downey is Iron Man. Also spot on. Perfect. Um, like, beam of light from heaven hit his casting photo uh when they were when they were casting that an angelic choir sang you should cast robert downey jr in an angelic voice i'm not even gonna try and um you should cast robert downey jr right that that happened (laughs) i legitimately believe that happened while they were doing casting right (laughs) believe in god or not that happened and um, <laughs> but no other character. And then you're like, devil, what do you think? And he's like, I think it's a great idea. Right. Is both. Everybody's in agreement here. <laughs> uh, but 
Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, like he is other than Robert Downey Jr. is the only other person I can think could even come close to it. He is Deadpool. Like his daily interactions are Deadpool. The way he talks to people is Deadpool. The way he interacts with his wife is Deadpool. Like he yeah. he lives, eats and breathes. Yeah. Take his Deadpool. Act, uh, he has an acting style. He has a, he has a timing. Um, a rhythm, if you will, for any acting that he does in any movie. And it just fits so well into Deadpool. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, that was one of the ones that I was I, I, I love Ryan Reynolds. And I was it, I was going into that hoping it would be good. Mm-hmm. And then I was just blown away with how how on point for Deadpool it was again. Even, and I, I think I brought it up uh, the, when we were talking about the Oscar nominations, the opening credits are Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Like that is such a Deadpool thing to do. Yeah. I would never have thought to do that. <laughs> yeah. But it was such a dead, like directed by an overpaid tool. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Like <laughs> I, I can't, I couldn't have imagined a better way of doing that. Yeah. And then they just, they just, they gave it to me on a silver platter in the movie theater. And I was yeah. like, yes, this is what I wanted. Is there a, uh, because this is my next question and I, I have something, but I'm interested to get your guys' take. Uh, is there a book series and you can talk about the book series. Uh, it could also be adapted to movie. It's up to you, whichever. Uh, that you su- you surprise yourself in terms of why you like it. A book series, just in a general. book series. Uh, it could have a movie. It could not have a movie. That you surprise yourself as to why you like it. Because I have mine, but passage, passage by uh, Justin Cronin. Hands down. Um, it was a recommendation from a coworker's wife. She was like, "Hey." I think you would like this book. She let me borrow the first book. I got halfway through it. I bought my own copy and then I reread it like three times Mm. and it's the, the passage. Um, there's three books in the series. Um, I think it's like city of mirrors and then the 12, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's just amazingly well written and it's really awesome. I was really surprised, but it's like a, it's like a post-apocalyptic vampire story. Yeah. I have a a book that is currently being adapted in a uh, It's also being adapted into a yeah. TV show, which I don't like. <laughs> My one book that's currently being adapted, and I hope it's really good. It looks like it's going to be really good, but for me it was Good Omens um, mm. by uh, Neil Gaiman and uh, Terry Pratchett, um, which is a, it's a fantastically funny, off-the-wall like look at – but you're surprised you like it. So that was uh, the one that gets me. Well, like no, no, no. I'm not. I, 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 well, maybe not. So when he said, like, he said, surprise. Yeah. It was recommended to me on a lark. Uh, I like Neil Gaiman uh, or Gaiman, however you say it. Uh, but I'd never read Terry Pratchett, so I was unsure of where it was going to go. Uh, yeah, I see. Yeah, I already had established Terry Pratchett and yeah. Neil Gaiman from comic books. See, my, see, so mine in terms of surprise, both movie and book four, and I mentioned it earlier. It's the Maze Runner series. Oh, see, I I liked Maze Runner one, the movie. So, so I, I, got- I liked Maze Runner one for the for what they they that movie was like. Um, it was not a it was not the movie I was expecting. Agreed. I went into it that like and I was a, like, this was actually really good. And then really I good. I I vehemently disliked movie two, and then I was more okay with movie three. So I was in I was in the similar boat. I didn't vehemently dislike it primarily because. I was concerned that as a young adult series, they were going to skip the thing that I cared about the books the most, which was they killed the fuck out of people in that book. So many people died. In it is that Game of Thrones series. on that. Yeah, and that was their that was their core. Like there were barely people that survived the second. Like so many people died the second uh, the second book and in the second film. But I didn't. I was not into the young adult genre i was not that was i wasn't interested i thought the stories coming out of them were interesting but the positioning was always the same which was it's 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 a an open doorway to young romance that people will read like that's the that's the ultimate goal here uh in a majority of the young adult books that i was reading at the time okay Um, i was gonna say i i'm i that was not the case with maze runner at least 
There was a there was a romance subplot. There was a romance it, subplot, but ultimately it ended up just it did like betrayal, teen drama. Yeah, it, and it, then it fell through, betrayal. which I liked a little more. I'm okay with the. I'm forcing the romance on on these two. The book is not doing it to me uh, because that's just the way young adult books and, and films were portrayed. And that wasn't the case here. So, like, we went and watched the films recently and I was like, huh. OK. All right. I'm genuinely surprised. Uh, my only thing I'd like two is just so off the rails for me. And that's the only reason. Well, two was a zombie movie. Right. Uh, but it was. Each movie is its own genre so, film, but it's drastically different from the first so one. So I have to say, if I if uh, if I had to say, like, if I had to go back to to uh, the something question, that surprised you, something that surprised me was when I first read Lovecraft, because I didn't think I was going to be able to get into it. Like, I didn't think uh, the the writings. It's older. Is it going to be? Is it going to be timely? You know, is it? It's like I'm people who go to read Shakespeare, or not yeah, Shakespeare, yeah. Uh, Sherlock Holmes today. Well, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, it's written I'm, in such a way that yeah. Or you know, is it gonna is it gonna be understandable? Is it gonna be interesting? And I found myself hooked. I mean, you know this. I I love. Man. We have exposed Spouse a lot on loving Cthulhu, and, um, and mine like his stuff is just intermittently been portrayed in video games movies and stuff usually badly this video games uh, i was gonna say fucking trash yes. i haven't seen i haven't seen you played it i played 10 minutes of that Thank shit you. and that shit was terrible Thank uh, you. i don't think i've ever seen like a really good i've seen a couple of like good short story like yes. cthulhu yeah, stuff yeah. but they're the best always cthulhu animation i short is when he was in south park yeah. <laughs> right but it's it's really i feel like it's really hard to get that feeling of existential dread that you're able to feel. Oh no, it's reading. it's insanely difficult. It's really hard to convey that in a in a. Sh- I think it's very easy uh, to think about like lights out. That short, that really got to people. Like yeah. that that creeped a lot of people out. Oh, that the short, click, the light click 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 click, and the and lady's going to bed. Forward. Keep right, and it keeps moving forward, and she's clicking the lights on and off. Like that really creeped a lot of people out. Oh, that was creepy. Create a full length movie thanks out of for, it, and thanks it was, for reminding me. You're welcome. And then the ending for that, I just laugh at. Um, and some <laughs> people, right, right on the edge of the bed, I was like, ah, I didn't need a jump scare. That's silly. Um, but the movie that came out, like again, the Wait, they made a movie out of that. Yeah, lights out. Really? I, <laughs> it's a full length horror terrible. movie. I went to go see that in theaters because. I find horror movies funny and my uh, roommate really loves horror movies. So we went to go see that in theaters. It wasn't nearly as scary as the short film was because we had a longer time to process, to process it. And so I think like Cthulhu is very similar in that short stories, I think can more capture that, that tension and dread, but as the the longer you're talking about it, the more, the harder it is to, to do that. And I do have a couple movies to recommend to you that are very Cthulhu-esque when we get like. done. Um, I can't remember the names of them right now, but <laughs> there was like the, um, uh, we, I watched it. Um, it's like the ritual. I think might be one of them. And I'm trying to remember the endless, I think is the other okay. one. Right. And there's a, it deals with like these weird time dilation pockets and the people don't know whether they're going crazy or things are actually happening. And the, like, okay. um, it's, crazy and weird but it's very cthulhu-esque now, now can i can i pose a question out there sure have you ever had the reverse happen where you've had a movie happen right and then someone creates a literary piece either a continuation or behind the scenes or a different take on it that you've really liked i'll give you an example the movie the thing right one of my favorites, John Carpenter's thing, The Thing, right? Well, it's a book adapted into a movie, then adapted into, and a, then adapted, adapted into, into another movie, movie, and then take, sequelized from the second movie, <laughs> but in, prequeled. Take take into the, a book. Just take the John then, Carpenter movie, and someone actually wrote a short story, and this which is where horror and the kind of weird things ha- like short stories work. Did it from the point of view of the creature. And hmm. the, the creature realized. Oh, I remember reading about that. Yeah, creature realized the creature didn't understand the um, kind of separation of people. And then w- it, uh, when it invaded the bodies, the bodies themselves didn't know they were the creature. Mm-hmm. But it realized 
that all of our being, its being lives in every cell of its body. All of our being lives in our brains. And it yeah. saw our brains as tumors mm. that we were trapped. And it horrified it. I've never seen anything that I've seen. I've it's, watched it's a movie confused. that made me go read a book. But not something that was like adapted afterwards. I haven't seen that very often. Like Percy Jackson, for example. I watched the the first Lightning Thief film, and then I watched. Yeah. I read all of the books. Yeah. And <laughs> after reading all the books, I was like, "This movie is terrible compared right? to the book." Right? Yeah, you book get is it. So much better. You get it, son. Um, but <laughs> not not in a sense that it was bad. In a sense that. There's this weird – there are two different philosophies when it comes to like books to film and that is you either have the Chris Columbus philosophy, which is I am literally going to recreate the book in film format. Yeah, yeah. The first Harry yeah. Potter film is like two hours and 40-something minutes and it's literally a scene-for-scene scene recreation of the book. Yeah. Which Amy loves. I do not. I'm not a fan of – that way of doing things. I just yeah. think if that's the case, I'm just going to go read it. Looks better in my head. Is a better, yeah, looks it looks better, better in my head. That was me in the first four seasons of Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's just, it's it was looks, too close to the books. Clo- it's way too close. And where I deviated, I didn't like. And so. I'm, like I'm like, I already experienced this. Why do I want to experience this again? Or David Ayers comes in later in the Harry Potter series and says, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to add things, but it's going to have, my take on it like value it's good it's it's gonna have my touch to it it's still gonna be the book harry potter's still gonna get the horcruxes he's still gonna do shit like this but it's a much darker film it's the there's uh scenes that are added in because it makes sense for the characters for context for context and stuff like that that aren't from the book or that the book doesn't focus on um and those things i'm okay with uh, I, I I prefer those. If you're going to add your take, add your take. I like when people say, this is the character that you're used to. This is the story I want to tell. It's why a lot of people don't like The Last Jedi and why some people do like The Last Jedi. Because in my opinion, I, I am now o- relatively okay with The Last Jedi because I've come to terms with the Luke Skywalker that they gave me rather than the one that I expected, which I think is a majority of the community that people have a perception about the characters that they have. And Rian Johnson came in and said, this is the story I want to tell, which is a vastly different conversation, but it's one that I've come to appreciate more because of that. Now on that, I have a question about, about that. If George Lucas had made the last Jedi, Exactly like it is. Exactly like it is. Do you think if George Lucas made that exact movie, that the fervor about about the movie would have been as, as severe? Yes. Yeah, probably because think- the original trilogy or the the new trilogy really rubbed people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have the original trilogy and then you have the new one. So he's kind of on a, a slate of zero with people. Um also, he's done that already. It's called Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. No, I, I get it, but but if <laughs> and if, that shit is, would you see as many people being like Luke Skywalker wouldn't be that way, whereas George Lucas could be like, yes, so you're he talking would, about the, so you're because okay, I created so you're talking him. about the ownership of the character. Yeah, aspect yeah, he'd of be it. like, yes, um, I created. No, him. because everyone's gonna say that's not the that's not the way I saw. But do you yeah, feel like, but, but do you but feel like they'd feel more loyal? Does that conversation that no? I wouldn't even say got, loyalty. I think I don't know if that conversation holds as much water when the creator is making it versus something else. I think what defies that statement, the statement I just made, mm-hmm. is what's happening to J.K. Rowling now, which is you have ownership of the series, but you don't even know what's happening in the series anymore. And the community's turning against her. True. Right. So that's the one, the only difference. And and that's just over Dumbledore. Who's younger in the series, not even older at that point. True. So, and that's dealing with like past lore rather than what you're writing. So that might be the case where they, they, people would have been a little more accepting over what was written. If George Lucas is the one who created it. Uh, and said, this is the path I have, Luke Skywalker, and this is why. Yeah. I also think 
it wouldn't have gotten as much backlash if J.J. Abrams did all three movies. That too, yeah, yeah. Because people would have went, okay, and, and, uh, this is the vision he has for his trilogy see, rather I, than two different people. I don't know, because people. look at the prequels. George Lucas got so much crap for the prequels, and those were his vision of those characters. Yeah, oh, no, but I'm the, not saying. But, I'm but saying the same, from a consistency at the, at the same point, like was the vitriol as much with the prequels as it was with this? I mean, they Jedi? they made a movie about how George Lucas ruined their childhood. Oh, well, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, like yeah, they did. They, it was so like he was attacked, derided, oh, probably yeah. as it's much probably or more the than Ryan Johnson. Why he and apparently Ryan Johnson's trilogy is still ongoing. Yeah. Like he's still going to do a star Wars. Trilogy. But I think again, I think, I think Disney is okay with that. If he is owning all three movies, because yeah, then yeah. it's a consistent tone. That's his own throughout the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. I think a lot of where the foundation of the complaints come from is that it's not consistent with force with, awakens. with what force awakens. I'm not a huge fan of force awakens because it just feels like recycled star Wars. But, uh, yeah, as soon as they did a trench run, I was yeah. like, come on. But if J.J. Abrams then gave me The Last Jedi, I might have a different opinion on The Last Jedi because it's his series. Yeah. And I'm assuming that this is the tone that he's taking with it, right? That this is his interpretation of the series as a whole. and it, it, Which means it has less to do with the film and more to do with the fact that Rian Johnson is the one that put this out there. And I think that's a very different conversation because now we're not even talking about content anymore. We're talking about perception. We're talking about people going, well, I don't really like what Rian Johnson did, not really because of the movie, but because of Rian Johnson. Because if J.J. Abrams would have given this to you, I'm interested to see what the reaction would have been because yeah, people yeah. would have looked at it as a consistent trilogy. Right? I don't, I, but I don't think it's a consistency problem. I think it's a perception of what they thought that character should be. If the exact same plot happened, I think you'd have just as much fervor because people wanted something because they didn't get what they wanted. They just would have found they would have they would have found different ways of blaming the same thing but without the consistency conversation. But you don't think consistency has anything to do with it? Because I think it's it w- it's a similar reason why you see First Avenger as completely separate from Civil War and... But uh, again, the, the issue isn't with the separation. It's they didn't get the Mark Hamill they wanted. Mm-hmm. I don't like... And they didn't get the... Or the thing with um, Leia. Yeah. Like their problems appear to be plot point. If you got the exact same movie mm-hmm. from a separate director they would still have had issue with what happened in the movie. You don't think that would co- color their response at all? No. Okay. Not not from what I've seen. Like, look, again, look what happened to George Lucas. They didn't True. get yeah. the Anakin movies they wanted. Mm-hmm. And so they vehemently got against George okay. Lucas. I'll admit, I didn't like episodes one through three. Two, I was okay with, kind of. But um, I didn't want to see young Anakin. Like, I've been very, very clear I don't like prequels. Yeah. Um, so I was I was probably dead set against those movies before they came out, and I'm not that that invested in Star Wars. Um, like you, I went in and I got the Mark Hamill I was hoping for. Yeah. I wanted that change of perception. Like I wanted them to challenge what we assumed about him. And like I said, if you go back, he didn't like he didn't do anything. Yeah. He didn't defeat the Emperor. His dad did. He blew up the Death Star with the help of a ghost ghost uncle. Uh, second movie, he rescued Han Solo with the help of like four other people. Yeah, he did nothing by himself. Right. He did doesn't he kill the do... Rancor. Yeah, I guess. But he I mean, like, killed a Rancor. He killed a Rancor. But I mean, like, he didn't do any of the like. They're like, oh, he defeated the Emperor and he brought balance to the Force. No, he didn't. None of that happened on Anakin film. Did. Theoretically, Anakin well, so did. What they're saying is, so what you're saying is when it comes to the Force, there's really nothing he did that is of... But even even outside of the Force, he really didn't do anything that impressive. Think about it. Like, he blew outside up... Outside Kill Rancor. Outside <laughs> Kill Rancor, but who knows? Like, And that was a sad, sad day. <laughs> look look <laughs> right? at the owner of that Rancor. Right? Tears. Uh, but, I mean, think about, like, I mean, the, um, so what are you do? Han Solo defeated... Uh, that, or they, they Boba beat Fett, that... Boba Fett, where? They beat that giant thing uh, that was rampaging through the the ship. I mean, like, 
I don't I don't see defeating a giant space monster as that impressive. Like mm. the impressive things to me are the culminations of the movie. That was a side plot. Gotcha. Okay. In in the culminations of the movie, yes, he blew up the original Death Star again with the help with the help magic. of Ghost Uncle, yeah. Space Ghost Uncle, Space Ghost Uncle, and Space Ghost Magic. Right. So use the force, Luke. Use the force, right? And then in the second movie, he really doesn't do anything. And then he gets his hand Other chopped than off. Lose to his dad. Yeah. Other than lose to his dad, again, lose to his dad. And he cries. Not even kind of lose to his dad, but hard lose to his dad. Like his dad is toying with him. Third movie, again, he goes in, is handedly defeated, and then actually his dad gives it, actually gives into his rage at one point. Right. And then his dad is the one who defeats the bad guy. And then everyone's like, he's this epic hero. And I was like, no, he's not. Yeah. You're looking at source material that isn't canon anymore. Mm-hmm. They're looking at the, uh, the Jedi sequels, Knights Academy yeah, and the Jedi yeah. Academy sequels and the, the whole mess of stuff that Disney said doesn't matter anymore. And all that matters is the original trilogy. All that matters is the, the the six movies that came beforehand and any canon material that we've written. And then everyone was just like, this isn't the Anakin I know. And it was like the Anakin that is a superhero and super strong and the best guy and the four, strongest Luke. force user. Luke, sorry. Yeah, the, the Luke that is all of those is in books that don't, don't exist anymore. So if you read those and you were expecting that, I'm That's sorry, on you. but honestly, from the original trilogy, that is not the Luke I expect. I expect a guy that has the expectations of an entire galaxy put on him that is inadequate to the task. Or at least feels inadequate. Or to feels the task. inadequate to it. And he was. And that's a lot to dump on a kid. And he attempted to apply that in the form of education and failed in that as well. Because he had no teachers. He had he had ghost uncle for like what? A and, week? And, and ghost ghost midget thing. Yoda. Oh yeah, ghost and then Yoda. And he was on Dagobah for what, like a week? Yeah. So everyone's like, oh, he's Why the most powerful source, force user. And it was like, he's got like two weeks of training. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not buying it. Yeah. Is he, is he, well, is he big in the force? Sure. Yeah. But the, the, the mythos that they built around him, uh, again, it just didn't dealing with exist. like, dealing with like outside of the source material was literary in comic book. And are some of those really cool? Yeah, they're really cool. But it's it, we've built this mythos around him that was not canon. So do you think that's the connection that Rian Johnson made when making the second film? And we're, we're about to wrap up here. But do you think that's the connection that he made going into the second film? Was that in the first film, it was all about the plans to figure out where Luke was. And this mythos of finding Luke to change the direction of the war. And Ryan said, everyone is creating this perception about the Luke that they will find. I I would like to think that I wanted that to be the case, and then I, but I I don't feel they under like they anticipated the massive backlash that would have happened, and I unfortunately I think they should have. Yes, um, when people don't get what they want, but I I appreciate the movie because it challenged. It started a conversation that Star Wars fans were not used to having. Yes. But I think that's, I think that's like, so that's kind of the, where you can go wrong, not necessarily wrong, but I think as far as literature to a movie, right? You've, we've taken all this literature that's already written about the characters after the original trilogy and we've completely ignored it. And that's how it can affect the new movie that's made. I think if we want to, if we want to kind of round it out, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, I've read that source material and I was completely fine with dumping it. Yep. I am too. But you have people, you have people that that's their life, man. That's what they right. They were so invested in it. Um, And it goes back to that ownership conversation we had before. Like um, the, what you want and what the director's visions are and the people that are translating it sometimes don't Josh well and you're not going to have everybody happy. Yeah. I've only ever sometimes seen the Percy- it catches you by surprise. And sometimes it, it- I've only ever seen the Percy Jackson movie and I like the Percy Jackson movie. I didn't really particularly like the second one, um, but it wasn't horrible in my opinion. I thought for a kid's movie, that's what it kind of came across like a I young adult a step movie backwards. Yeah, it was definitely not. It definitely wasn't a step forwards. Agree with you there. Um, but I've never read the books, but I've heard the books are good. I've thought about it. Uh, I'll admit I was much more of a book snob when I was younger. I never read. I was like, I'm not reading young adult novels. Those are dumb. 
um, I pretty much jumped straight from like um, goosebumps to college level. Yeah. Uh, and then oh, animorphs. It was animorphs to like. You know what I did watch recently book books. in terms of book to film format. Um, yeah. The house with a clock in its walls. I haven't seen it. How is I? I watched. Black? I haven't read the book, but I did watch the movie. I watched the movie, and I was like, "Huh, it was bad. it was better than I expected for what I assume yeah. is a kids' novel." Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was that was pretty good. I, was, I thought um, the casting was really good for it. Oh yeah, uh, Kate Blanchett and Jack Black. I, I was very they happy. they played well off each other. They I was played surprised. very well off each other. Yeah. Um. But Jack Black just has that chemistry. Yeah. Like with pretty I, much anybody. Um, he seems like an easy actor to get like a lot of give and take from. Yes. Uh, Tropic Thunder is when I realized that he's that he's nuts. He's a, yeah, he's a big deal. And he's he's he can. Whatever that, you want, I'll swallow it all down. That was also the moment when I was just like, "Wow, Robert Downey Jr." Very good. Right. Very good. <laughs> so actually, someone posed a question the other day about speaking of Tropic Thunder uh, is about um, is a uh, Tropic Thunder and why. Robert Downey Jr. doesn't get um, doesn't get like a, a lot of uh, crap for um, his character in that movie, and someone put it put it very well is that even Robert Downey Jr.'s character in that movie says, "I'm a dude dressed up as a dude disguised as another dude." Yeah, he <laughs> like he's so in character he acknowledges so that he is it's excessive. Yeah, and in in you know he even he knows uh, that it's ridiculousness. Yeah, uh, the um. Can we talk about one thing before we're done? Yeah, sure. Well, I, I wanted to bring oh, up another bring it up. Oh, sorry, bring it up. another movie, like literature to movie translation. And this is probably my least, like I said, The Hobbit is close up there, but this is the one that will get me the angriest every time. And that's the I Am Legend. Oh, yeah. I brought it up a oh, little yeah, bit yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah. So there have been there have been three like I Am Legend movie adaptations. Um, Omega Man. Um <laughs> Which is not good, but it's up there. I think which there was is a, not good. It's, it's um, uh, somewhat kind of racist. Yeah, it's pretty racist. But it, you know, time it was in. It's I'm not bad. defending it's, it. It's but, pretty bad. Let's be honest. Um, but the the Will Smith movie. So I don't know. Like Richard Matheson wrote the original one. He was a he was a writer for like the Twilight Zone. He was a he was a brilliant writer. And this story is so good. Yeah, that's very um, good. Yeah. It, f- it follows a guy in a like a post again again post vampire apocalyptic world and um, vampires are intelligent and they haunt him at night like his like the girl he was attracted to at work like strips down in his, on his front lawn and tries to get him to come outside every night like um, his best friend tried to sneak down his chimney and he's going around killing vampires during the day he just finds where they're sleeping and he kills them um. And then fast forward, you find out that uh, some vampires have learned how to live without feasting on human blood. They found a synthetic substitute. And they and can live during the day. And right? they, uh, they have something that allows them to, yeah, to a degree. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they've made a new society. They've made new laws. They've made new rules based on the current, uh, how they have to live after this virus. And then there are the other ones that are, you know, bad. And they're still trying to eat the lat. Like he's arguably the last human known human in the area. Um, well, you find out the new, the ones that are living fine again, spoiler alerts, but I'm sorry. The book's been out for decades. <laughs> um, he's been killing both the good and the bad ones indiscriminately. Cause he, cause he doesn't even know. He doesn't know the difference. And so the new society finds him guilty of murder. And there, he meets the he meets one of them, and she realizes he's not doing it intentionally. He he thinks he's saving the human race. Yeah. Um, and the new human race views him as a murderer. So she's like, "Flee! Do anything! Just don't be here when they show up." You we we found you are guilty of murder in our eyes. Like there is no, it's what's going to happen. Um, but he's like, you know what? I have been. I deserve this. And he gets caught and they take him and they put him, and they, they put him in a jail cell and he looks out and he just sees the throngs of people that are looking up at him and he realizes he's their boogeyman. They're terrified of him. Right. He's the thing that hunts them at night when they're sleeping and kills them. Like if the boogeyman were real and killed kids at night, he's one of, he is that. Um, 
and he's just like, I'm, I am their monster. I am their Frankenstein. I'm their legend. And thus, that's where the book comes from. Now you take that story. Oh, and there's one part, the dog in the book, he goes, Hey, I saw a dog today. It's done in like journal entries, like first person journal entries is like, Hey, I I met a dog today. I saw, and then the next journal entries, I saw the dog again. Um, I've named the dog, Sam. I got the dog to eat. Uh, I left food out for the dog. The dog ate it. I got the dog to eat out of my hand. I talked the dog into coming inside. The dog and I are hanging out. The dog died. Yep. The, 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 it ends the, the journal entry inches, Sam died. And then he just drops it. Because he's that used to death. Yep. In the movie, we get Will Smith is a CDC employee or something. Like he works for the CDC and he's researching disease and he's trying to flee with his family and he just bought his daughter a dog and then the family dies and the dog is the only piece of his family he has left. Um, And then he goes around and he hunts these like Cro-Magnon uh, photophobic yeah. um, creatures that humanity has devolved into. And then they meet another pocket of humans and they fight off the Cro-Mags. And then he says he has a cure for the disease and then he dies. And then they send the cure off to another like in the, settlement, I th- yeah. settlement. And I was like, this is so distantly related to the source material. I can't even believe it has the same name. Yeah. Like, Again, Omega Man, loosely based off the material, and we were talking about it with somebody at work. I don't mind if you want to reference source material. What I do mind is when you reference, reference source it. material and then say and the, market it, it and yeah. keep it as the same name and then market it as an adaptation of that. And yes, it is an adaptation, but there's a difference between adaptation and, and loosely, loosely based. based on. Like the only plot elements those two have together is the name of the dog, the name of the main character, the fact that there was a disease, and that they don't like sunlight. Because you could have called it "I Am Will Smith," based upon the book "I Am Legend," loosely based upon the book "I Am Legend," and that is the only similarity between those two. Again, like um, West Philadelphia, born and raised, loosely based upon the book "I Am Legend." I it just. It, it got to me or the fact that like humanity is basically done, but it's not in that book. And then, but there's, it's so distant from the source material. And I know you could argue like Iron Man is very distant from a source material, but I think it, it, or the comic book movies are sometimes very distant from their source material, but the character is close to or inherently the same. And it's done by that person, like by that company. So Marvel said, this is, yeah. Thanos doesn't worship death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just, he, this is why he's doing it. And he makes the argument that he makes in the movies and the comic books. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it is a philosophy the character has. They're just like, the, the anthropomorphic personification of death didn't put him on this path because that would be kind of silly. Um, but things like that, it's, and I, that doesn't bother me as much. But I Am Legend, every time, just bothers the out of me yeah as an adaptation from from literary to film source material can we talk about the personification of death real quick you sure let's talk about will smith as the genie for a moment um, <laughs> <laughs> i was hoping we were going to nice talk about this segue. at some point nice about that? so uh are we are we thinking that as a adaptation of source material from literary source material well well spoken word source material to literary source material to cartoon okay. to adaptation from a cartoon um I find it funny. I find it unnecessary. The live action adaptation of cartoon? Yes. I So there's a few things, and you mentioned that you really have no investment in it. I was genuinely surprised how much I, I kind of liked the Beauty and the Beast yeah. movie and the fact that it yes. answered glaring plot holes that bothered the f*** out of me yes. when it came to the old movie. Like what? I've never seen it. The new one or the, the cartoon? One. You've seen the cartoon, right? Yeah, of course. So the car- our guest. And the cartoon, uh, I think he said they've been they've been gone for like twelve years. Correct. Or something like that. And the kid so was the beast a kid when he turned into a beast? Because then the the picture it shows a kid talking to the sorceress that, that enchants him or the enchantress. Um but in the in the, the movie it's an adult because that makes more sense because the portrait of Adam is of him the way he looks at the end of the movie, which means that's when he was turned into the beast. 
but that doesn't make any sense because it's been, been it's been twelve years. years. Also, did the teacup give birth to Chip as a teacup? And if that's the case, where did it come out? Like, did she just mm, and like spontaneous? Like, answer this in the. What they no. said was the uh, the everything was frozen in place. Okay. So, so rather than saying you were un- you've been under a curse for twelve years, which is what the original movie says, the movie says the curse froze everything. So everyone inside the castle doesn't age; they're stuck at where they were when the curse was done. Then in the movie and the in the cartoon, there's apparently a giant castle in the middle of the forest that's within at least less than a day's ride from a village that no one knows about. Yeah. In the movie, it's enchanted. So the enchantress made it so that people couldn't, like, it's it's almost impossible to find except by chance. Or if the enchantment allows you to. So if you know the castle exists, you can find it. But if you don't, you can't. You can't go to the people castle. get lost in the forest. Right. So that was one of the glaring plot holes of the cartoon that I was just like, again, within a day. Then how do the Gaston get to the Because they find out about it from the mirror. No, fair enough. The mirror, the mirror tells them where it is. Right, so they they find how to find out how to get there from that, um, and that's kind of the implication there. But Which again, wasn't expecting that in a musical, but they answered a lot of questions. So for me, that like the cartoon again, it's not something like you you have to think about overly much. The cartoon, but in the live action adaptation, so the, uh, let's look at Aladdin. Those. Then, um, do you are there plot holes that you think need to be answered? I there are questions I have that how about I about that trailer. <laughs> <laughs> um, Did he hold his breath to Jafar turn blue? Jafar is young in that trailer, yeah. and it bothers the shit out I, of me. I like how many people are like, Jafar's hot. Like, I've seen a lot of those I've, on the internet like, right uh, now. My hope is that Jafar is actually an old man that's Posing using a, a spell oh, to, to, appear young? to appear young. That'd be kind of cool. I could get behind like that. that. Or do you think you're going to think they're going to try and pull the love triangle type thing? Well, I think... Well, I mean, that's first of all, that's what happens in the movie. It's just creepy because Jafar is old. Um, In this instance, it would be interesting because it would mean I I would have the question of, is this what Jafar does to kingdoms? Like, does he just position himself in a position of powers of Azir, the right hand of the king? And he he just hogs power and then he just goes to another kingdom and does it again. Like, how old is Jafar in this universe? Yeah, yeah, If he's yeah. young, then it just comes off as a love triangle, which I think is just terrible. Hokey. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> meh. Uh, Let's talk about Will Smith. What, 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 real quick, real quick. What other questions do you have about Aladdin? About Al- well, even about Aladdin, one of the ones I have is, uh, can Genie time travel? Okay. Well, like I he, mean, he goes to Disney. That's a big one. That's, that's what real, I mean. Like that's he, a really big He question. references and wears things. That are not that are anachronistic to the time that he's in, and the only other character to my knowledge that really does that is um, Merlin from the Sword in the Stone. Yeah. Um, or um, so maybe I don't know, but it's it's one of the questions I that I the, the pseudo like Disney conspiracy theorists that are online think like one that of the things Aladdin they bring up is a post apocalyptic society. That Aladdin takes place in the future, and Disney is referencing things that he witnessed in the past, or that Disney has the or that. The genie doesn't exist in time and space as we know it. Yeah. Which I think is a very interesting question. Um, okay. Like, he only experiences the moment that he's in when he's in that moment, but he's tied uh, He's tied into the lamp somehow. But he moves back and forth. Like, the genie like we the met then... allows him to... Right, like, the genie we met then isn't the same genie as one that might exist in the future, like future. in the future, so and he just jumps around from point to point. But he, what he'd changes. always know, like, well, that would beg the question: of, Can you just some one day summon the genie and he not know who you were? But I would say whenever the current owner is, okay, is yeah. the is it that's, I, that I think roots I, him to that time? Okay, yeah. gotcha. That makes sense. Maybe I don't know, but that's the thing. I have questions. <laughs> that when genie time travels, the time that he goes in is the time he remembers. But yeah, okay. I legitimately don't believe these movies are going to even attempt to answer them. No, probably, so probably uh, I'm trying to think of the other um, the other live action adaptations. So like the Jungle Book, mm. I don't like. I don't feel like that brought a lot to that. Like mm-hmm. other than the voice acting, I thought was really cool. Yeah, um, Shere Khan, right? Like Shere Khan. Um, I just want to watch Tailspin now. 
Bill Murray, you know. Yeah. Like there was a there Very was out a, of left field casting, but it was good. Yeah, yeah. But there were that's what I enjoyed out I of the movie. I felt like there was more there was more emphasis on Mowgli's relationship with his Cub family when he was young. They, yes, they went a lot the into like the ecosystem or not yeah, the ecosystem, yeah. but just the which was much more in the in the vein of the book it was than much the cartoon. More in the vein of, like it talked about the actual like hierarchy of the wolf tribe and all yeah, this other yeah, shit yeah. and that I thought was interesting. But yeah, the live action films like they 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 want to kill time. Like the live action films yeah, are like yeah, two yeah. hours long. Yeah, and the old animated films are like an hour and twenty minutes. So you got to kill you know a, a half an hour of time. Yeah, uh, and a lot of put that in could another be musical like number filler and, and stuff like that. So, what do we think about Will Smith? I, I mean, I get why they did it. I think Will Smith is getting a lot of flack that isn't his fault. I think part of it is trying to fill shoes that are very big. That, that again, again, especially with someone as dynamic as Robin Williams. Yes. Do you think he right. had to be blue? Uh, yes. I think if he was anything else, the fan base would have still had a reaction. I mean, because they reacted very badly to. But the, here's the my thing. biggest problem is that if he's not, I'm just going to think of. Um, part of the problem is if he's not Kazam. Kazam. I'm Kazam. just going to think exactly. of Kazam. And if he is, I'm just going to look at him and be like, "It's a giant blue Will Smith." So, and this is weird. Like I was going through Reddit at reactions. The first thing I, I, the top thing I saw was why? Why did you have to put Will Smith's face in it? Like, why couldn't it just be a CG genie that was voiced? By Will Smith. That I can understand. The second thing I heard was a lot of people that were projecting what they thought the genie was. That was incorrect. So they were like, uh, Will Smith's genie looks fat. I was like, well, that's because the genie was fat. Yeah. <laughs> in the movie. There's a whole scene where he makes fun of his fatness in the movie. Right. He's like, yeah. So like they didn't like the physique of the genie. They didn't like the aesthetic of the look. And I was like, look, you're not going to make him look like Robin Williams genie. Like that's just not they want to put their own spin on it in a live. action. Yeah, and sense. it's not they're practical. Not do that. And they're, they're, they were actually trying to um, evoke uh, the original region and area and ethnicities that existed in those stories. Minus Will Smith, obviously. Yes. <laughs> well, a, a, a character of darker skin. Character of darker skin, correct. You know. I think the thing that got people was, like, Will Smith's first, the only line is said in such a casual way, it just comes off, like, really weird. Because <laughs> he's just like, now, now be, be honest, this isn't the craziest thing, like, you've seen. But he says it in a very, like, smooth Will Smith way. Like hip-hop Will Smith. And without any context, that's the only scene you got. <laughs> and people are just like, wait, what? This what? It sounds like Will Smith I just called me more. on the phone and was like, yo, you watching Hitch 2? You know, like... Look, don't get me wrong. I'm just... I need to see more. But I was genuinely... I was like... I, I said it on the internet. I was like, I don't know how to feel. I'm not angry. I'm not like scared. I'm not disturbed in any way, but I don't quite know what to do with this I, new you, piece you, of information you, I've been given. You, you kind of like <laughs> I like I I saw it and I and I didn't know how. I I agree. I I don't. I I feel like I'm looking at Will Smith trying to play the genie, and I'm not I'm not buying it or invested. Mm-hmm. And I'm. And again, I, I I feel it's an unfair it's unfair to Will Smith because I think Will Smith has the ability has has a range enough to play a genie, but I don't know if I can see him following up Robin Williams' genie. Yeah, I don't know if that's fair to him. You know, but that's what I mean. Like it's it's it, there, I know there is it, no they, other Robin did, Williams. This might it, be an insurmountable they, task. They they get it. They did it to put a big personality in there. I just don't know if you can have a personality that could ever. I don't want to say he wants to overshadow Robin Williams, but even be on par because Robin Williams personality, it was so big and he added so much of himself yeah. to that character uh, that it's going to be hard for anyone to divorce himself of, of, uh, of that notion. The genie is Robin Williams. Is that the, yeah. uh, would you say seriously, seriously, uh, when when Robin Williams passed away, what did they? What was the picture that was going around? Yeah, it was Genie. Genie. Let me let me ask one final question. 
about this. Is Genie the hardest source material to attempt to adapt? As far as Robin Williams' Genie? Yeah. Uh, I would say yes because of the prior CG. Well, yeah. I mean, if you CG, you you put some, uh, like Frank Caliendo has close to Robin Williams' range. Yeah. Yeah. You could put you could put Frank Caliendo and say just do do Robin Williams like hell he can do Robin Williams yeah um, is he as good as Robin Williams I'm, I'm I don't believe but so. that's why you get writers in there to help right and so but he has he has the range and the ability to change his voice and dynamic enough that he could he could be he could be close to the genie that we know and love from the cartoon but is that a disrespect No I think that would be an homage at that point uh, uh, you know. I, if my problem is that they're not telling the, uh, my dollars of donuts, they're not telling the Aladdin story from 101 Arabian nights. They're retelling the animated movie. Yeah. If you're retelling the animated movie, retelling the, like doing something the animated movie did is part of that. Yeah. Like it's just the way it goes. Um, Similar to Beauty and the Beast, but they changed things that made it work. I'd be fine if they got rid of the anachronistic elements of Genie, but I don't. I don't think Will Smith is going to be. I think Will Smith is going to be his his and their opinion, interpretation of what Genie is. Yeah, not their a interpretation reinterpretation of, of Robin, Robin Williams' Genie. Gotcha. Um, and I and I legitimately believe like it's. They are incredibly large shoes to fill, and I can't think of any person that could both voice act that and physically act it. Yeah, no one. I mean, Frank Caliendo is not Genie. Yeah. Um, I don't even think Robin Williams yeah. would be a good casting for that. Yeah. Like, I don't think he physically makes sense. Unless you did a CG Genie. Unless yeah. you did a CG Genie. Yeah. Like, I don't think they can do what they're doing with Will Smith with that. Um. I'm I'm going to reserve judgment until I see it, yeah. but honestly, I don't care to watch it. But that's also me. I'm not a big fan of adapting what was cartoons in live action. I'll see about the Lion King. I don't know, but I'm a cartoon guy, and I don't think again the live action movie added added to the plot to the point that it explained things that I had a problem with, with Beauty and the Beast, and so I'm okay with that. But if they had done that in an animated movie, I would have been just as happy. Because they would have explained the plot problems I had. I, I don't get anything extra out of a, a, out of a live-action movie. Somebody's like, oh, but you get to see what they really look like. And I was like, that's, that's never been something I've asked for or wanted. <laughs> but that's me. I can't speak to everybody else. Yeah. Some people really enjoy those movies. My nieces like that movie. Shelby's... Kids like that movie when we all went to go see it in the theater together. Um, power to them. So obviously somebody's asking for it because people are going. Correct. I'm not asking for it, nor did I want it. Yeah. Well said. All right. Think so. Will said. Will said. Will, Will said. So, uh, so, yeah, I think uh, it kind of pretty much brings it kind of full circle kind of talking about how literary movies and movies to literary kind of how you can have one uh one property have both positive and negative results uh you know uh depending on where they're coming from whether that be actual source material or pulling from outside the source material and how, how that can affect how we receive it uh or how fans receive it yeah. and even just the fan presumption based upon based upon material that is no longer considered source material, say as a uh, star Jedi. Wars. Yeah. Yeah. And good stuff and how source material can sometimes be almost incredibly unable to be divorced uh, from itself. So like with genie, wow. Uh, probably by this point or sometime next week, uh, we will have our review for Captain Marvel. El Capitan Marvel. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but that's going to be it for us. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter, uh, at Sanctuary1Radio. Uh, you can follow us on uh, uh, our personal Twitter handles, uh, at Diamond Jab, at Props of Prophecy, and at Sideburns. 
Uh, you can email the show, sanctuary1radio at gmail.com, with one is the number one. Numero uno. Numero uno. Guys, this is going to be it for us. Enjoy the week. Uh, enjoy Captain Marvel if you guys go see it. I hope you love it. I hope, I uh, I hope we love it. it. I hope we I love I it don't, as well. I don't, me too. Again, not and a- I, hope, I hope we're right. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I hope we're right. Guys, Crossing our fingers. Guys, have a wonderful week. We'll see you next week. See you next Doodle. week. Doodle.